Okay. 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 Seven. One. Two. Five. Four. Three. Seven. Six. Eight. Ten. Four. Nine. Okay. Okay. Are we okay? We're okay. Listen, we're okay. Seven. One. Two. Five. Four. Three. Seven. Six. Eight. Ten. Four. Nine. Eighty-seven. Hey, welcome to uh, the Bitterest Pill at Stan Class. I'm recording in a, you know, in a drywall box in my garage under the flypath at Los Angeles International Airport. It's November uh, 17th, as I say these words, and there's a fly in here. Now, how, how can there be a fly? Not only, how can there be a fly anywhere in November, let alone a fly in my, I mean, it just happens to have flown I swear to you, there was no fly in here. I go to shut the door because I have to shut the door to the to the uh, you know drywall box to record. I go to sh- and I and this thing slips right in. Can you hear that? How I, I just don't understand how there's a house fly swarming around in here in November, mid November. Now, granted, I also have absolutely no idea how it's mid-November, but that that's, you know. That is the topic for another day, my friend. How have you been? Hey, listen, I, I, I was sick last week. I had no voice with which to propel sound waves at your head. I think that was last week. Oh, maybe. Oh, wait, maybe that was the week before. Oh, I'm so confused now. I think basically right after the election, I lost my voice. No, now that I think about it, I had a voice last week. What happened? I'm clearly not taking this as seriously as I should. How are you? I'll tell you one thing. I am surrounded by fire. And I'm really worried to death. Uh, Not about myself. We're we're not going to catch on fire. I think we're fine and dandy. There's no problem. It's, It's all very far away from us. But yesterday, and I'm not exaggerating, yesterday I go out, you know, Sunday morning, go out to get the paper. Uh, I look up to where I assume the sun is, and there's this kind of brown, uh, you know, spherical object in the sky that I'm able to look right at. So I'm kind of looking at like, I, I, I guess that's the sun. I, what, what's happened? Well, there was so much smoke and soot and crap and garbage. And I'm not talking about normal Los Angeles, you know. I'm not talking about normal Los Angeles smog. I'm talking about like it, it, worse than the 70s smog. I mean, really just the air. You know, in some science fiction movies, they tint everything either green or blue. And then some science fiction, especially your kind of post-apocalyptic movies, they tint the sky kind of um, reddish, brownish, you know? So you know that the uh, world has been nuked or whatever. It, it was like that. It was like an 80s post-nuclear movie. And everything looks the same. It's all, you know, green and houses are all standing. You know, there's no flames or anything like that. But the sky was literally brown. And everything is covered in ash. So if you are north of me, east of me, south of me, please be safe. Let your stuff burn. 
and run. Now, meanwhile, Michael Gohagen, you know Gohagen, you know I co-wrote a book with a guy named Michael Gohagen, podcasting icon, Newport Beach. on. Now, this apparently is what Newport Beach entrepreneurs do. I had no idea. Apparently, Newport Beach, uh, on, now you'd think a Newport Beach entrepreneur would be making, uh, you know, coming up with new, some new business. You know what I mean? Creating a company, selling a company. Well, apparently that's become old hat now, Gohagen, you know. Now he does search and rescue work. You know, for fun. You know, for fun. Listen, Michael, I love you. I, I this this is a like a little hole in my ability to process logic. Young healthy man, young children. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, you know what? Listen, I have the earning power. I have the earning power to worry that Obama has been elected. But I'm going to go and look for people in canyons. So the last. Uh, you know, anyone heard from him, he was heading into the fire in a Humvee with a, a gas mask on. Now, I guess somebody's got to do it. I, I never assumed it was Newport Beach entrepreneurs. Little did I know that we were being so well cared for. Be safe. Okay, please. Michael. So I had an audition. I have an audition later today, so... I got to get back to that. I, I've got, it even has lines. I got a, I have, here's the thing. Now, you know me, failed actor, basically, <laughs> which really I'm not. Um, it means I audition. I just don't get cast. Is that failing? Mm, probably. So commercial audition today, where I actually would, if I were to get the role, I would have to handle the product. Now, I am never the guy that handles the product. And even even because, and I'm a guy that my wife makes fun of me because of the way I drink. There's something about the way I hold my beverage and the way I, I bring it to my lips and I slowly, uh, and like that, she makes fun of me that I look like I'm in a commercial. But I have never the guy that handles the product. You don't want, they don't want, trust me. They do not want me with the product. So this one, I would have to be eating some kind of fruit nut bars, a zone bar, or some sort of chewy granola fiber thing, which would be great. I mean, I hope, you know, I always hope I get every roll because you have to go into it with that attitude. But if I got this roll and I had to eat these super fiber natural bars all day full of sugar and fiber, can you imagine having a hypoglycemic attack while I have to go to, you know, the honey wagon all day? The honey wagon, that's uh, movie That's movie talk for the poo-poo room. Oh, I can see it now. Hey, is there fiber in these? Sure is. Oh, you better believe it. Can we, can I take, hello? Can I take five? Anything? I'll be in my trailer. Holy God. I'm in sugar shock and I can't, I gotta, hello. I don't know how they make those commercials. Maybe they use prop fiber bars. Because it takes all day. You know, it takes all day, maybe two days to do a commercial like this. You got to eat fiber all day? Oh, my God. Take 14. Ah. But I was, in a, I was at a different audition. A couple days, a week. Maybe that's what I did last week. Last week, I was at an audition. 
And, uh, you know, they, had, they needed bold guys. So, of course, you know, who'd they call? Hmm, Ghostbusters. So, as usual, I drive to where it is, and I go in the thing, and I sign in, and I sit down, and I'm getting ready to ignore everybody, all the other guys there in their business attire. Some have bald hair, some have perfect hair. You know, I'm sitting down, I'm waiting, and a guy turns to me with this big smile on his face, and he says, Hey! I know why I recognize you. Now, I have to admit, my, my, I mean, it took no time at all to have this reaction. My reaction was, finally. You know what? Finally. I've been doing this podcast for four years. Four years. This is the fifth year. Four years I've been doing this silly thing. Maybe now, finally, someone in the actual world, maybe I'll be recognized from the other direction. Because usually, I mean, obviously, if I go to some podcast-ocentric thing and people are walking around, they see me like, oh, yeah, there's Dan. You know what I mean? But my God, after four years, finally someone, especially someone in Los Angeles, recognizes me from this show. Oh, my gosh, I know where I know you from. Aren't you the guy that does the bitterest pill? So I, you know, he says, oh, I know where I recognize you from. So I sit up all straight, you know, like I'm going to get to have a big conversation about my podcast. Hey, I know where I recognize you from. Aren't you in one of Tim Coyne's videos? Now, you know, you know my friend Tim Coyne, right? LA's web maverick, according to the Los Angeles New Free Times, whatever, I don't know what it was, some news, some daily news thing here in town, you know, LA's web maverick, Tim Coyne, of the Hollywood podcast, does these great uh, interviews and stories and whatever, and you know what, and, and I loved him. He's, he's like a, a brother I'm glad I never had, because he's younger and taller and better looking, but Oh God, can you imagine having him as your brother? Be like having my cousin Ronnie as your brother around all the time. It was bad enough three times a year. Have to be th that kind of guy's wingman? Thanks, great. My point is though, it was his, it was his, it was his. Tim, this guy, uh, the, the guy, the guy that said this to me at the audition, this guy at the audition is such a big fan of Tim Coins. I swear to you, he recognized me. That's how big a fan this guy is of Tim Coyne. He loves Tim Coyne so much he recognized me from being in Tim Coyne's Guten Bitch video. Now, Tim was dating this hot girl, hot chick. He called her hot chick. That's why I'm saying hot chick. That's what he called her. He didn't want to say her name. Now, he was dating this girl, and one day, this girl gets a call from Steve Gutenberg. Now, Steve Gutenberg, you know, Cocoon, Diner, uh, Police Academy, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Now, apparently, the star of some, hopefully, you know, let's use the term viral in finger quotes, shall we? Viral, ching, ching. In a viral video where, now listen, folks. Oh, God. Um, okay. Because it was kind of sad enough when you saw Don Most and uh, 
Anson Williams or whatever his name is from Happy Days trying to do the viral video. Where, where, where was I seeing those jackanapes? So now there's a quote-unquote viral video of Steve Gutenberg running around Central Park with uh, no pants on. Do we... Dude, you'll you'll get another the 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 Olsen twins will throw you another bone, and they'll they'll get you a little day work on something. Don't worry. Anyway, I I, I digress. So he so Steve so Steve Goot hello how are you Steve Gutenberg really that's good here. Steve Gutenberg calls Tim Coyne's girlfriend while they are involved and says, "Hi, my name's Steve Gutenberg." Uh, I mean, your, your friend uh, so-and-so gave me your number. I thought I'd uh, call, call you. They are just sort of like, hey, you know, I've got a hot friend, Steve Gutenberg. You might as well give her a call. Okay, well, I'll call her. And I'll say, hey, I'm Steve Gutenberg, and she'll go out with me. And I love how Steve Gutenberg, Steve Gutenberg, now anyone over 24 or under 24, they have no idea who Steve Gutenberg is. Trust me, Steve. And I'm probably being generous by saying 24. So he calls Gutenberg. Gutenberg calls and leaves a message saying, hi, I'm Steve Gutenberg. Uh, You know, you should go out with me because I'm Steve Gutenberg. So Tim Coyne makes this video called Gutenberg, where, you know, he does a rap and he sings, he dances, he's got dancing girls. He's got his shirt off. You know, he's Tim Coyne in it up. It's a very funny video. And And then at the end of the video, his character goes looking for Steve Gutenberg. And Steve Gutenberg, so what he does, he goes to Star Maps. You know these, have you ever been to L.A.? Oh, you should come here. It's, it's glorious. When it's not, honestly, when it's not on fire, that's not that glorious. But if you do come here, what you want to do, if you got five bucks, ten bucks you want to get rid of, you buy a map to the Star's Homes from a guy that's in Beverly Hills somewhere has a sign that says Star Maps. So his character goes and gets a Star Maps, Star Map. And he follows the star map to Gutenberg's house. Well, it turns out it's my house. Well, why is it my house? Because I was available. And I have a house. And uh, Tim Coyne and the Anderson brothers, uh, you know, Nathan Anderson, Seth Anderson, they came over and shot the end of this video where Tim Coyne rolls up and uh, is going to kick Steve Gutenberg's, uh, you know, derriere. And I come to the door and we have a little witty repartee. Ha, ha, ha. Was that a year ago? Was that two years ago? It was Christmas time. Was it two years ago? It was a year ago. Please say it was a year ago because it was two years ago and time flies like that. I can't handle it. And the guy at the audition recognizes me from Tim Coyne. Again, a fan of Tim Coyne enough to recognize me. Do I get my own? No. But that's the power of video. And... Uh, and Steve Gutenberg. Hey, I know where I recognize you from. Aren't you in one of Tim Coyne's videos? That's how big a fan this guy is of Tim Coyne. He loves Tim Coyne so much he recognized me. I got pulled over, uh, what's well, actually a while ago, I guess now I got pulled over, you know, you get pulled over. I mean, that's what happens. You drive around. Eventually it's your turn. They pull you over. 
Now, the difference between uh, me being pulled over and you being pulled over, odds are excellent, is that um, I get pulled over by the LAPD. And having been a uh, member, uh, excuse me, a resident of the Los Angeles area during the Rodney King fiasco, you know, I developed at that time a very set, uh, you know, procedure for being pulled over. (coughs) And it involves complete and utter cooperation with the police at all times. Basically, they put on the lights, I pull over, hands on the steering wheel, in plain sight, set up straight, don't don't reach for anything without warning them first. Now, not to get on the LAPD, but if you are ever pulled over, particularly in Los Angeles, you should bend over backwards to please the LAPD like you're in Cirque du Soleil, okay? Because you know what? You've seen it. Now, they've been very good recently, so I'm giving them, you know, the benefit of the doubt. But the truth is, now, in their defense, listen, 99.999 times out of 100, when the cops get injured in the line of duty, it's because they've pulled over some guy who tries to shoot them or kick their ass or whatever. So the police are very cautious when they pull you over, and you should uh, do them a favor and just act normal. You know? No bravado or no crying and no nothing, no herky-jerky movements. Just sit there. That's why they sneak up on you. That's why they're always creeping in your blind spot. They got to keep the upper hand because too many times they, you know, they get shot. So I take a turn and I see the red and blues. And I pull over. Well, you know, what did I do? I, you know, I thought I signaled because I was turning and it was, it's that big intersection down at the bottom of the hill, right near Dinah's, you know, the chicken place, the fried chicken place near Dinah's, near the air, right? Whoa, okay. Well, first of all, so the, the officer comes up and I've got my hands on the wheel and I'm not reaching for anything. He comes up and he's like, hey, hi, hi, how you doing? Uh, do you know why I pulled you over? Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, you, you, when your brake lights is out. Yeah, so, you know, and he's writing, you know, he's writing me up a thing. Like the most casual dude I've ever seen in my life. The most relaxed, like friendly, but not trying to be friendly. Just like a normal, like completely, they just got a completely normal guy who never really wanted to be a cop and never really had a bad or good opinion, you know, like a completely neutral guy. They just got and put him in a uniform and go, listen, see that guy with the brake light out? Give him a ticket. So he wasn't hesitant about it, but he wasn't that into it either. It was just sort of like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, your brake light's out. So uh, do you know how this goes? You got to fix it. And then, um, yeah. Okay, good. Let me see your driver's license. Okay, A4, right. Okay. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you got to get it fixed. And, uh, you know, take it to the CHP. And they'll sign off on it and you just mail it in. Okay. All right. All right. Take it easy. Have a nice day. And that was it. That was it. It was like getting a traffic ticket from like a Mark Wahlberg character. You know? Hey, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Here's your ticket. And I drove off. And I think because the guy was so cash about it, 
that I was very cash about having the ticket. So like, well, it's just a fix a ticket. You know, that's cool. You got to get pulled over. Hey, listen, if I'm going to get pulled over, I want to get pulled over for a brake light fix a ticket. Now, I should have fixed the brake light a month before that. <coughs> because, you know, I have a neighbor that listens to the show. Hey, man, I have a neighbor who listens to the show. And every once in a great while, uh, like we'll end up in front or behind each other in, in on the street in traffic in the car, you know. And one day, he was behind me uh, in the neighborhood there. Wave, wave. You know, hey, hey. And then he sent me a message in Twitter. said, hey, your brake light is out. You got to get that fixed. Now, of course, you know, this neighbor of mine uh, is in some way associated with, the, he's not a cop, but he's in some way associated with the LAPD. So you think I would take his, you know, his message to me. You'd think I would take that with a slightly larger grain of salt than anyone else. Say, so you know what? He's right. I got to get this fixed or I'm going to get pulled over. Guess what? I got pulled over. I'm sorry. Dude. Listen, you know me. I'm, I don't get it done right away. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So here I am with a fix-it ticket. Now, the good thing is, see, I've already put this off a month and before I get pulled over. Now I've got a fix-it ticket. And the fix-it ticket says, you got to get this fixed by this time next month. All right, so now i got another 30 days to fix the thing. Now, uh, you know, it's Studio G. It's a Volkswagen. Studio V, excuse me, VW. It's a Volkswagen. And I don't know that I've ever changed the brake lights before. But I know that on some car that I think I've had in the somewhat recent, distant, future past something, I tried to do it and it was a pain in the butt. Because the, the modern cars, they try to get you to go to the dealership to do everything. Now, for a while, I drove around this old Volvo that we bought. Remember uh, uh, Mongo? Now, let me tell you about buying a Volvo. We had Mongo. We bought Mongo from the dealer, true, but we bought him used. If your brake light, turn signal, any of those lights back there ever went out, I would drive up. This is what I would do. Drive over to the Volvo place. Pull in into the, uh, you know, service uh, drop your car off area. A guy would come out. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Brake light. Okay. He'd go get the bulb. He'd put it in and I'd drive off. That's it. That, to me, hey, you want to know what service? That's service. Drive through tail light reparations. Well, Volkswagen, they don't do that. No, I got to get a bulb. I don't even remember if I could. Usually I would just call Pep Boys, honestly. But I usually then go to Pep Boys. You know what Pep Boys is? It's like, you know, uh, AutoZone or any of those places where you go to buy stuff for your car. Rather, rather... It's one of those places that's near your house. You go to to look for stuff for your car, like wiper blades and uh, fuse, stuff like that, and they never have it. And you end up then not buying what you needed, and you just buy like a wash your car soap and chamois. It's one of those places. <coughs> so I didn't go there. I went to the dealer. Actually, I called the dealer. I said, hey, listen, I got, I, I got a brake light out. Do I have to bring this thing in, or is this something that I can actually do? Well, this is something you can actually do. Okay. Because I didn't want to be confused because I'm confusing a memory of something with something else. 
So I can do this myself. Yes. Can I buy a bulb? Yes. How much is it? Uh, six, eight, ten, eighty dollar, whatever it is. Come on down. Because, you know, you don't want to make two trips nowadays. You don't want to make two trips to the end of your block because gas is so expensive, right? I want to make one trip. I want to get it done. And go. So I go over there and I get a bulb and it was the $3, 5 whatever it was, right? And I bring it home because I'm not the guy. I don't want to be in the parking lot. I've already got the fix-it ticket. So if I get pulled over, I just go, listen, officer, here's my ticket. I'm fi- I got the bulb. I'm going to do it. But I'm not doing it in the Volkswagen dealer parking lot. I'm not. I can't. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm going to do it in the carport of my house, okay? In the shade at my house, right? I don't want to look, no. So by the time I get around to actually doing it, it was later that day. And I think I had just gotten, uh, I just picked up Princess T from school. And um, somehow, I don't even remember how it happened, but my neighbor from next door, Gene, comes up the driveway in his electric chair. I hope you're not telling Gene that I say some of these things because it would really break his heart. But, you know, he is he's action man. And he, I'm telling you, if you've seen some of the woodworking that he's done, that he continues to do at the age of uh, 300, it would absolutely, I mean, in all seriousness, he's 90 years old and he still is out there with his table saw and his lathe and all this stuff. It's, it's insane. And he says, so he's a very handy guy. I mean, it's kind of amazing. So he comes up the driveway in his electric chair and somehow decides that it's time to fix the bulb right now, which is fine, except I have a hungry five-year-old on the driveway with me who wants to just go in and have her sugar. Because my honey needs her sugar. As soon as she gets home from school, honey needs sugar now, daddy. So for, for, for somehow, and I don't remember what I said or what he asked, and I responded. One of those things where I opened my big mouth, the next thing you know, the, we're, we're fixing the bulb with princess jumping around. Well, I gotta, uh, I'm going to admit it to you. I can't figure out, okay? how to get the bulb out of there because it all just seems to be locked up, right? There's a little thing, a little, you know, compartment you open. That's easy enough. It's got a handle on it. And then there is what is clearly the back of where all the bulbs go. And I can see one of the latches. So I undo that. And I bet if I pull this part, then it's just going to pull out, but it's not pulling out, but I'm pulling and I'm pulling and I'm not pulling. So then 90-year-old Gene has got his head in there and he's all hunched over. He's half in the hatchback of my car. I'm like, please don't let him break a hip or his neck or his back or something over a $4 light bulb fix-it ticket. So now he's pulling the thing and he's trying to jam it in and jam it out and pulling out and it's not working. So I'm like, you know what, Gene? You know what, Gene? I know that you and I are men and it is in our DNA to just have at it with these kind of things. I know you and I share that barrel ahead American man moxie. Because he and I, did I tell you, I went over there one day. Remember when I was doing his uh, security thing for his internet, his software? 
Well, then a couple of days later, he couldn't start the computer. Did I tell you this? Where we, we sat there, a couple of knuckleheads. We took his whole computer apart. Now, I don't know anything about the inside of a computer. But next thing you know, we're clipping wires and we're putting a, taking out the switch. We're rewiring the switch and pulling it through because his switch broke. I love it. I just love it. I love it, except we can't do that to my car. We could fix the computer switch, but we can't fix the car. So I go get the owner's manual. Now, listen, I know. Men do not want to read the instructions because we don't want to rely on other guys, especially other guys. They're probably in another country that have then had to be badly translated by yet another guy. Right? Some German guy has to tell me how to change the light bulb. And he, it's not even him. It's actually some other German guy who translated German into English. So I'm, I'm like two, three guys helping me deep. Three guys deep helping me change the brake light of my Volkswagen. You'd think a five-year-old girl, you'd think T would just hop up there and go, Daddy, I want my sugar and just do it, right? I get the owner's manual and, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know who their information management manager is, but when did uh, owner's manual suddenly need to be broken up into chapters and issues, volumes, because I've got this thing and there's like 14 different paperback volumes in there. So I have to figure out what, it's just, I don't need the world book, Britannica, whatever. To Can you, can there just be one simple book? Maintenance, you just look in there. Here's how to put the new wiper blades. Here's the brake light. Here's how you shift. Roll the window up and down. I still can't figure out where to put the windshield wiper fluid in for the back window. I can't, that's the next thing I got to look up. So, so I finally, right, I'm flipping. Here's some, I'll do a sound effect for you. I'm flipping. Flip, 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 flip. Okay, finally find brake light bulb. Bulbs, brake lights, bulb, repla okay, replacing, it's book three, article two, section five, paragraph 14. How to change your brake light bulb. Please see the dealer. Now, that's not a direct quote, but it's pretty much what the owner's manual of my 1990-whatever Passat wagon. If you want to learn how to replace the brake light bulb, you know what it says? See, listen, jackass, just go to the dealer, okay? Because the bulb is $5 and the service charge will be about 100 and a half. All right, so Gene and I go back at it, and now I'm peeved. And I can see, uh, here's the weird thing about it, is like I say, we're looking at the back of where the bulbs go. But I realize there's no wires. So this is the backs of all the bulbs, but where are the wires? Like, because I was going to just start unhooking stuff. I was just going to start pulling out wires. I don't care. Hey, listen, I want to fix this thing. Well, apparently, if you get desperate enough and you start trying to break it, 
which is really what it comes down to. You have to get to the point where you're like, I, listen, it is more important for me to solve the mystery than it is for me to maintain the integrity of the actual vehicle. And you just start pulling and twisting and tearing and pulling, punching things. Well, I finally realized if I took out, there was a little thing that looked like it should have a wire in it for one of the bulbs, for like the backup bulb. Uh, you know, when you put your car in reverse and the white lights go on, I think it was that bulb, let's say, right? If you get angry enough and you want to rip that out to see how you get that one out, if you can get it out, what happens is because you don't understand how it works because there's no wire. Well, I turn that and I take the bulb out. Now, apparently they're connected on the other side by these thin little like connectors that are not wired there. It's almost like a plugging, you know, circuits into a circuit board. Okay. Well, when I take that bulb out, I unlock the whole gizmo. That's the key. The backup light is the key. The key is the backup light gizmo thingy, the orange thing. I just turn, boom, pull it out. Look, all the bulbs. Well, there's the brake light bulb. It's in. The owner's manual couldn't say, hey, listen. You know the doohickey that holds all the bulbs? Well, the orange one's the key. Just turn it counterclockwise and slowly pull the bulbs out. That's all it takes. So Gene and I do it. We do it. We get the bulb. The brake light is fixed. It's fixed. Is it fixed, Gene? When I push on this, is it fixed? Yes, it is. Thank God. Let's go get tea some sugar before she freaks out. So now all I have to do, really, is I have to take the fix-it ticket in the car down to the CHP office. Which I've done before, because I think I've got a fix-it ticket like this before. Maybe even in this car, but I think it was Mongo. But anyway, I've done this before. It's very convenient, actually. Now the problem is, though, that I am a procrastinator. And you've probably figured that out by the fact that uh, you didn't hear from me last week. But I know I'm going to do it, because I know exactly when it has to get done. But what happens is, in this house of ours, there's always paper coming into the house. Now, I don't like to use a lot of paper, generate a lot of paper. I don't like to put out a lot of paper. But for some reason, there's always paper coming in the house. And the kids are always drawing on paper. So there's papers everywhere. And somehow the ticket, the fix-it ticket, got moved by me from here to there. And in moving it from here to there, from the desk to the kitchen or the desk to the thing, the dining, I don't know where, it got refiled in my brain. It got, in moving it from here to there in the real world, in the Dan filing system in the brain world, it got moved from gotta get that taken care of to already did it. I don't know how that sort of thing happens, but it does. And so, I'm driving to Costco one day. And I'm driving along on the freeway. I'm driving along, driving along. And uh, just as I'm about to go down off the ramp, you know, the off-ramp of the freeway to go to Costco, 
I make a realization. Now, the realization is sparked by the fact that the Costco is right next to the Volkswagen dealer where I bought the bulb that I put in and I never went to the CHP and I never, oh my God. And guess what day it is that I'm making this realization? Why, it's the day that it's due back to the court. It's the day upon which if the court does not receive it, it becomes some kind of crazy warrant or a fine or something. And basically my stupidity and my procrastination is going to either cost me time or money or both, probably both. Uh, Okay. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Okay. I'm going to go home and I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get the ticket. I know exactly where I left it. I'm going to get on the phone with the court. And I'm going to get on the phone. No, I'll go on the website. I'll go on the website and the phone at the same time because I'll be at home. I'll get on the phone. Oh, here I am back with customer service. I can't wait. So I go home and I get on the phone and the internet. And I, I find the because, you know, the ticket has internet addresses on it. It has phone numbers, addresses, all sorts of stuff. I could drive it to the court. No. No, let's not get out of hand. Well, as I'm on hold, and I'm on hold for a long time. But as I'm on hold, I find the website that apparently it's very easy to take care of this um, online. What you do is, if I remember correctly, you put in your citation number right on the ticket and your date of birth. I guess to prove you're you, because that's foolproof. No one could ever possibly know when your birthday is. So I put in the citation number, and I put in my birthday. And it's rejected. Wrong information. Okay, that's not a big deal. Listen, I'm a little uptight. I'm a little hurried. I'm going to do it again. It's not a big deal. I put in the citation number, and I put in my birthday. It's rejected again. Not Listen, all right, this time I'm really going to pay attention, because I don't look when I type. I really should, especially when I'm typing numbers, I really should look. Maybe I didn't look that time. I'm going to do each digit individually. I'm going to eat. I'm going to, I'm basically going to type and check each digit nine. Yes. One. Yes. Two. Yes. Seven. Yes. Nine. Yes. Four. Yes. Seven. Yes. 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 My date of birth. La, 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 la. Ping. Rejected. So I put the citation in again, each number very slowly. Nine, yes, seven, yes, one, yes, two, yes, 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 yes. And now my birthday, very slow. Listen, what format does it need to be in? XX slash XX slash XXX. Okay. Okay. I'm slowly, do you understand? Website, please. I'm slowly putting in my birthday. Oh, nine, two. Zero, one, okay, nine, uh. rejected. Okay, 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 are we okay? We're okay, listen, we're okay, because you know what, hold on, okay, let's look at the citation, because how would they know my birthday? Anyway, it would be on the citation, and he got my birthday, because he didn't ask for my birthday, casual guy did not ask for my birthday. He got it off my license. Is the license birthday correct? Of course it is. But let's see how he wrote it. Ah, he wrote it kind of funky. So unless I can figure out how they 
misinterpreted his funky writing of my birthday. I'm going to get some kind of warrant or fine or something. I got to work this out. So I start putting in basically other people's birthdays. Oh, maybe it's 0720. Maybe it's 08. Maybe maybe it's 0921. Maybe it's, and I'm literally ran. I'm just like every crap version of my birthday I can think of that could possibly be uh, extruded from this bad handwriting. I'm putting in. No, 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 no. Reject, 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 reject. I'm like, ah, this isn't going to work for me. This isn't going to work. This is not working. It's not working and it's not working. And I don't know why it's not working, but I've been at this now for 30 minutes. And all the while, by the way, all the while I'm doing this, I'm wearing my little telephone headphones and I'm listening to bad music and people tell me that I only have 25 more minutes to wait and bad music. And you know, you could take care of this online. Just go to our website at www. No, I can't. No, actually, I can't. You know why? Because you don't know my birthday. That's what this all seems to be coming down to, isn't it? Is that you don't know my birthday. Great. Hello, Los Angeles County Court. How can I help you? Oh. Oh. Holy cow. Hello? Are you? Hello? Yes, how can I help you? Oh, my God. Oh my God, I've been on the phone for so long trying to type in my birthday. I don't, uh, I'm, 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 I'm actually, I think in, in actual medical shock that I'm speaking to a human. Now, granted, it's a very impatient, curt, angry, angry Asian woman. Angry and impatient. Why, why is she angry with me? Has she been on hold for 30 minutes typing in my birthday? No. Maybe not angry. Maybe maybe matter of fact. Let's let's say she was matter of fact, shall we? How can I help you? Well, I got this citation. What's the citation number? Blah blah blah. It's not coming up. Give me the number again. Okay, the number is nine seven one two five four three seven six eight ten four nine eighty seven. Hike. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Listen, it's due today, baby. It's in my hand. I am as sure as sure can be. I can read nine, one, two, five, seven, three, whatever it is, please. Well, what's your birthday? <laughs> okay. My birthday in real life is oh nine. Two. Zero. Are, you, are, you, are we getting this? Yeah. So I tell her my birthday. She types it in and she says, yeah, you got to fix the ticket. Yes, I did. Two years ago. That is true. That, yes, that could be me. Mm -hmm. On La Brea? Yes. La Brea and West Hollywood? Yes. Okay. Now, what about this one I have for the fix it ticket? I don't see it. When did you get it? Well, I got it 30 days ago. It's due today. Don't you understand? It's due today. I got to take care of this because I don't want to go down there. It's not coming up in the system. You know what you got to do is just, uh, you know, just call me back, she says. Why? Because it's not in the system. Why not? I don't know. 
It's not in the system. Call me back. Call me back in two weeks. But honey, it's due today. I know, but it's not in the system. How am I... Sp okay. What? It's not in the system. You got to call me back, honey, okay? And that's why it's not understanding my birthday? What? What? So basically she says, don't pay it. Don't pay it. Don't pay it. Because it's not in the system. Matter of fact, officer guy, he didn't even put it in. He didn't hand it in or he didn't put it in or didn't get, he, got, he handed it in and they didn't put it in. You're not in the system. She just, that's all she keeps saying. You got to call me back. Or sometimes they don't even go in the system, she says. And then pretty much throws me off the phone. Kerchunk. So now I've got to fix a ticket for something I could barely fix. Right? I fixed it. I went down to the CHP. Basically, what you do, you go down to the CHP, and, there, and I got it all worked out. You park in a way that your taillights are facing the window. You go in there, you freeze. I don't know what those CHP guys have for blood, but I freeze my cajones off every time I go in there. Hello, CHP uh, officer, sir. I have a fix-it ticket. There are my brake lights. I'll go put them on. Uh, did they go on? Yes, they did. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, stamp, and I'm gone. I did that. I admit I procrastinated. Now it is the last second, and I don't... What? Uh -huh. So what do I do? Now I'm, I'm no longer on the phone. I can't do this over the website because it's not in the system. I had to argue with her for 10 minutes to get her to tell me who to make the checkout to for the $10 tr transaction fee, you know, a uh, uh, processing thingy, right? She kept saying it was on the ticket. No, it's not. I can't find it. Listen, can't you just tell me? But you don't need to send in the ticket. You don't need it. You got to call me back in two weeks. I'm not calling back in two weeks. Tell me who to make the checkout to. Call me back in two weeks. I'm not calling back in two weeks. Tell me who to make the checkout to. Call me back in two weeks. No, it's due today. Listen, am I, am I right? Because the next thing I know, like, oh, you didn't send it in on the day. It wasn't even in the system. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to be that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Just tell me who to send the money to. Because I don't want to call back in two weeks. I don't. See, the problem is I sent in the money. I sent $10 in a check to the court with a citation number on it. Who knows, right? Oh, I should, I should have sent it. Uh, oh, darn, that was a... I should have sent it, uh, what do you call it, you know, right? Return receipt. I should call her back and find out if it went through. So I guess the more, you know, the moral of the story is what? Next time you get pulled over and the cop gives you a ticket, you, you know, could you hand that in?
Listen, if you're going to write the thing seriously, write my birthday clearly. All right, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Uh, I'll probably you probably hear from me again this week. Feeling better. Back. Got to actually have some sort of energy in my body. Holy cow! Hope you're well. I hope you're not on fire. Go Higgin. All right, two zero six three zero nine zero one three zero is the number to call. Thank you all so much. Uh, I had a great time at the iProng party. Kush was there. Tim Coin. You know Tim Coyne. Do you recognize, you know Tim Coyne, the guy whose videos I'm in? Lance Anderson, of course, Bill Palmer. Jason Tucker. Uh, Podrunner Dude. Jeffrey Tozer. Oh, uh, the Insomnia Radio guy, Charles. I can't think of his last name right now. Podchick. KFC. You know KFC? Everybody knows KFC, right? She broke a record. World record. Some sort of skydiving record. And um, a young woman whose name completely escapes my mind. You know, the Mahalo Daily girl. It's not so daily anymore. You know her? She was there. Lisa DiMatteo, is that her name? Or was that a girl I dated in eighth grade? Well, Lisa DiMatteo is either the host of Mahalo Daily or a girl that I dated in eighth grade. And I use the term dated quite loosely. It means I asked her if she'd go out with me and she said yes. And then three days later, we broke up uh, right outside of Homac. I'm so sorry I can't remember her, but she's the hostess of uh, Mahalo Daily. She was there. Very nice woman, I must say. Uh, so uh, hopefully there'll be pictures of that uh, in the next iProng. Hint, hint. I want to be in the society pages. <laughs> All right, listen, thank you, as always. Thank you for supporting uh, The Bitterest Pill. I will talk to you soon, my friend. Okay? All right. Yes. Hmm. And yes, you missed my birthday. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.